0: We have that choice here today to to lift up his name, and and I get it. Maybe some of us come into this space with heavy burdens. Uh, Maybe we were dragged here by the loved one that's here with us, but praise God that he's given us free will in order to choose to praise him even in our lowest valleys. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. You guys can go ahead and take a seat. Before we get into the message here, uh, I, I do want to pray against that. Like maybe some of us are in that deep valley, and, and, I, and I don't want to put everybody in that spot. Maybe some of you, like you're, you're on cloud nine, you're at the top of the mountain, you feel like you're so in tune with God right now, and praise God for that. But we all come into this space, or even online as well, or maybe you're watching us live, but maybe uh, this is months down the road from when this is broadcast, and you just stumbled across that. That doesn't mean that you're you're not going to go through a difficult point at some point. And and so I, I just want us all to be here, and I want us all to be present in this moment. And so if you don't mind, join me in prayer now before we dive into Word. Father, um, we we give you all the honor. We give you all the praise, even in our valleys. Even uh, when we're scared to share that story and come on stage. um, Holy Spirit, you're good. And you have nothing but good things for us. And and you desire to, to just penetrate deeper and deeper into our hearts. But the reality is there's a whole world around us and sometimes we just get distracted. So God, please forgive us in that, that we just, we just get distracted and we take our eyes off of you. So God, would, would you just guide and direct today? Would you guide and direct our time together? Help us to put things that don't matter right now in this moment. Help us to put those things aside. And would you open up our hearts and our minds to receive your word. And Holy Spirit, I completely surrender my will and my agenda over to you. And I just ask that you would use me as a vessel for your word and for your message. And God, you've already spoken to me this week and I'm so thankful for that. So Lord, uh, we give you this time and we just ask that you would bless this time here together. And we pray this in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, it's good to see you, Radiant Lifers. How are we doing this morning? Yes, like five of you are fired up. That's awesome. If you need to go out and get a refill on your coffee, that's okay. I will not take offense to that. Uh, Hey, if you're a guest here today, my name is Brandon. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. uh, we're in this teaching series called God in Us, The Upgrade Within. And this whole teaching series has been about the Holy Spirit. Just out of curiosity, how many people just love this teaching series, learning about Holy Spirit? Yeah, that's awesome. So hopefully, uh, you know, we've done a good job of like de and just having a, you know, a, a better understanding of Holy Spirit Uh, and who he is. And so if you're a guest here today, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm so glad that you're here. But this is more of a message or a teaching uh, that's for people who would call themselves Christians or disciples or followers of Jesus. So really, you kind of get to take a break this week uh, sort of thing. This is more of a conversation uh, with the the followers of Jesus because we've put our faith and trust into Jesus and Jesus is part of uh, a triune God and part of that is the Holy Spirit. And so we've been on this teaching series, and if you've missed any of them, please, please go to the website, theradiantlife.church, and go catch up on these teachings. And so I I just want to give a quick synopsis on at least part of the teachings that Pastor Ryan has done, because it's totally going to lead into today's teachings. And right on week one, Pastor Ryan talked about that Holy Spirit is a person. He's like, he's someone that we can be in a relationship with. And we have to understand that. I had a conversation with several of you uh, after that teaching. They're like, wow, like I never viewed Holy Spirit as a person that I can be in a relationship with. I thought he was kind of like this entity or this power force sort of thing. And there could be some of those attributes, but Holy Spirit is a person and we can have a relationship with him. We, We have to have those set of lenses on before we even dive into this teaching, that Holy Spirit is a person. Pastor Ryan said, if you don't see Holy Spirit as a person, you won't have a relationship with him. And then last week, Pastor Ryan talked about quenching Holy Spirit. And it was kind of funny because I, I, like, I knew I was doing a teaching within the Holy Spirit, but he kind of threw me a curveball, uh, which I don't mind once in a while. But what he realized in in preparing uh, for the teaching of quenching Holy Spirit is because uh, we want to talk about grieving Holy Spirit. And what we realized is that was too big of teachings to do all in one. And so I think the idea of grieving Holy Spirit and quenching Holy Spirit is two sides to the same coin. I think what you'll see is there's going to be overlap in this concept of quenching and grieving Holy Spirit. Because when we grieve Holy Spirit, we quench Holy Spirit. And it's hard to grieve something if you're not in relationship with them. Think about it. Like Most of us have probably lost someone dear to our hearts, and we've grieved over that person. We were in relationship with that person. I don't know that I've grieved over anybody that I didn't have a relationship with. So we have to have the lens that Holy Spirit's a person. We can have a relationship with him. But we don't want to quench him. Another awesome quote from Pastor Ryan was, we are limiting unlimited power when we quench the Spirit. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live quenching Holy Spirit. I, I want to have access to this unlimited power. And so today's message is titled, Are You Grieving the Spirit? And that's the conversation that we're going to have today. So if you brought your Bibles or if you have your devices, please head over to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to get into chapter 5 just a little bit, but Paul talked about this idea. And so as you're kind of scrolling there or you're, you're finding your way through the table of contents to figure out where Ephesians is at, I need to give us a little bit of context. Paul is the author of this letter that went to this church to Ephesus. Paul was a church destroyer. He was persecuting Christians, following the way, and then all of a sudden, uh, he had this crazy interaction with Jesus, and it radically changed his life to where he began planning churches all over the world, and he wrote a letter to this church in Ephesus. Now, what we have to understand is Ephesus was cray-cray. It was messed up. Like, there was some crazy stuff that was happening in Ephesus. I think you could probably find some parallels between Las Vegas. Like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in Ephesus probably didn't stay in Ephesus. It probably went everywhere. But there was worship of all these other gods. And without getting into gross details, there was a lot of crazy stuff that was happening in Ephesus, and, and oh man, this is, good. this is gonna be good. Like, the light shines the best in the dark. Can I get an amen on that? And, and, and Paul understood that, and he planted a church in Ephesus. And so now he's writing to this church, and he's trying to encourage them. So we have to have a little bit of that context before we dive into this, because Paul understood the same thing that we all understand, that Holy Spirit is an unlimited power, but we can quench him. And we can grieve him. And Paul completely understood that. And so uh, he he wrote very black and white about this, and this is what we're going to dive in today, is what Paul uh, wrote to the church in Ephesus about grieving Holy Spirit. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, Very clear, very black and white. Well, maybe white and yellow. We'll go with that. But Paul wrote and said, hey, don't grieve Holy Spirit. And we have to have the lens that Holy Spirit is a person that we can be in relationship with. Scholar Daryl Bach puts it this way. He says there is a relational offense at work here. So we have to understand there's this relational component when it comes to to Holy Spirit. I like how the Passion translations puts verse 30. It says, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. That's when we get to heaven. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. So when you're in relationship, you have influence. Right, If you're one of the people who were dragged here today because of the loved one sitting next to you, it's because they had influence on you to come here today. right? My wife is the number one earthly relationship that I have. My wife, Amy, she's back in the kids area right now, loving on all your kids and sharing about Jesus back there. Because of the influence that she has on my life, I'm a better man because of her. Because of the relationship that I have with her. So if we look at Holy Spirit as a person that we have a relationship with, we don't want to grieve him, but do we allow him to have influence on our life? So I want a Bible nerd with you for just a half a second here and kind of look in at this word grieve. Like what does that mean? Because the Bible wasn't written in English. And so this word is lapeo. Everybody say lepeo. You just spoke Greek. How cool is that? You didn't, you, you didn't expect to speak Greek today. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, and I don't know if you said it right. So if some Greek scholar wants to email me, that's fine, uh, and tell me how to pronounce that correctly. But that word grieve means to inflict pain, distress, offend, feel pain, be distressed, and be sad. And so if we begin to put these lenses on that Holy Spirit's a person, that we can be in relationship with him, we have to understand that we can inflict pain and distress and cause those things on Holy Spirit. And we're, we're gonna talk about ways that we can grieve Holy Spirit. But before we get into that, please hear my heart. My goal here today in this teaching is not to condemn, it's not to judge anyone. In fact, the words that I'm gonna share aren't even mine. They're, they're Paul's words from Scripture. And there's the potential. There's the potential that you might feel uncomfortable. And there's the potential that you might feel like I'm stepping on your toes. Please know that it doesn't come from a heart of condemnation, it does not come from a heart of judgment. I love you dearly. And I want you to walk in a life filled with the Holy Spirit that is abundant in Him. And that is my motive. So Pastor Ryan, he gave three ways that we can quench Holy Spirit. I'm just gonna piggyback off of him and I'm gonna give you three ways that we can grieve Holy Spirit. And in the context of this letter in Ephesians, we're actually gonna find all of this right here in chapter four and a little bit in chapter five as well. So the first way that we can grieve Holy Spirit is with our speech towards others. In fact, he writes about this in the verse right before uh, grieving Holy Spirit. He says, no foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. So we have to be careful with our speech towards other people. Now, I like word pictures because it helps me process things. And James, the half-brother of Jesus, gives a beautiful illustration, a beautiful word picture to understand this concept of fall language. So in James chapter 3, starting at verse 9, he says, With your tongues we praise our Lord and our Father. We just got done doing that. We just got done lifting up the name of Jesus here this morning. But with our tongues we call down curses on people. We do it even though they have been created to be like God. Praise and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, it shouldn't be that way. And now he gives this word picture. He says, can fresh water and salt water flow out of the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Can a grapevine bear figs? Of course not. And saltwater springs can't produce fresh water either. I struggle with this one. I, I, I come here and I, and I get my, my worship on, but at the same time, like I can be so upset on a phone call or something, or uh, Lord, help the people who drive slow in the, in the fast lane. Like if you're driving the speed limit, you should not be in the fast lane. Let's just be clear on that. Or they cut you off and you want to wave at them, right? (laughs) Right, like I I come and I get my praise and my worship on and out of that same mouth comes down cursing and speech towards other people. And I think we have to be careful with our speech, friends. You know, there are two pastors on staff here whose names have been used in derogatory terms to cut down other people. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, this isn't for you. But if you know what I'm talking about, and if you've used those terms, please be careful how you have salt water and fresh water coming out of the mouth. And I'm not saying that we need to agree with all the other sides. The the world has been so politicized. And it doesn't mean we have to agree with other people. But they were created in God's image as well. And we can't tear down that person or say awful things about that person and try to cover it up and then come here on a Sunday morning and get our praise and worship on. We can't have salt water and fresh water come out of the mouth because foul language grieves Holy Spirit. It's very clear. And so we have to be careful with the words that come out of our mouth. Back in my youth pastor days, I loved to do an illustration with toothpaste. And you'd squeeze out all the toothpaste. You know, we'd try to make it a race and make it quickly as possible. And then after they were done, it's like, all right, now try to put the toothpaste back in the tube. You can't. Or you can't do it very well. It's just like our words. Once they come out, you can't put them back in. And so we need to be aware of the language that comes out of our mouth because foul language grieves Holy Spirit. Our attitude towards others grieves Holy Spirit. And maybe there's an overlap here with attitude in our speech and the way that we speak uh, towards people. Because I think if we had a good attitude, it would probably affect our speech. But I'm just grabbing Paul's words here. He gives us a list of things. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, and brawling. Maybe your translation says shouting. And slander along with every form of malice. Malice would be this word that would encapsulate all of these things. And I struggle with some of these things on this list. You know, are you struggling with bitterness? Are you still holding on to that grudge? And I'm not saying that, like, you need to be a doormat or anything like that. But are you able to interact with that person without imagining doing awful things to them? Can you still interact with them, even in this uh, spite of being hurt and maybe there's even a scar there? But have you gotten rid of that uh, that root of bitterness in there? You know, rage and anger. When I am physically and emotionally tired, this is the one that I struggle with the most. In full transparency, you guys will never see that. Where my rage... And anger comes out on the people that I love the most. The people that I live with, my wife and my kids. Those are the ones that I'm brawling and shouting at. And it isn't even them that I have the problem with. I'm just tired. And I take it out on the ones who are closest to me. And I tell you what, it's hard to get down on the same level as my 10 year old, and apologize to them. It's like, this is not the man that I desire to be. This isn't the man that God has called me to be. Now, if you spent any time in Ephesians here, especially in chapter four, this might be slightly confusing because Paul says, get rid of all of these things, and he lists anger. But if you're to back up just a couple of verses in verse 26, he literally says, Be angry. And that just, it almost doesn't make sense, right? But think about this. There are things that we should be absolutely furious about. There are things that are happening in this world that should make us angry. It's what we do with that anger that's the problem. Paul says, be angry, but do not sin. So what is it that we do with our anger? And maybe, maybe you need to seek out some counsel and help on how to, to handle that, to be able to vent that out. Maybe it's more of responding and not reacting to situations. I spent a lot of my life, especially through my uh, late 20s and 30s, and it was more of just reacting to everything, instead of actually responding to things. So Paul, he says get rid of anger. He doesn't say that you can't be angry. There are things that we can be angry at, but don't sin in it, and don't let the sun go down. Now, I, I, I'm friends with some couples that take this very literally. Like, if they're in a fight with their spouse, they cannot go to bed until they've worked through the disagreement. I'm not at that level yet, <laughs> There are times I just need to sleep on it. I'll be a different person in the morning, right? And I think this this, this idea of the sun coming down is we don't want to sit in this attitude towards others. We don't want to stay bitter and angry all of the time. We don't need to be rageful and angry all the time. And Paul's point here is don't sit in it, don't stew in it, don't be like a crock pot that's just marinating in it all the time. At some point, we have to deal with those things and we need to seek out Holy Spirit and his presence in that. And so we grieve Holy Spirit with our attitude towards others. Now, before we get into the, the third and final way that uh, we grieve Holy Spirit I wanna fast forward just a little bit into Ephesians chapter five because Paul gives us a sweet nugget of truth. Like he just drops this bomb of truth and encouragement to the church. and It's amazing. Let's get right into it. Ephesians five, verse 15. He says, pay careful attention then to how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise Stop, sit on that for a second. Like, wisdom isn't just an educational thing. It doesn't mean because you didn't go to college or whatever that you can't be a wise person. For me personally, the most wisdom I have is from experiences. And I've had a lot of poor choices in my life and I've learned from those things. And so now I have wisdom because of some of the experiences that I've had. And Paul's saying, hey, look, Pay careful attention how you walk, how we do this thing called life, and be wise about it. And here's another encouragement to you. The people that you surround yourself with, the, the life that you do, is that going to be conducive to walking in wisdom? Like the people that you surround yourself with, are they walking towards Jesus? Or are they walking away from Jesus? My encouragement to you is look at the influence of people that you have around you. And is it a wise thing to do or not with the people that you're with? Uh, So not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of the time. Pause. Bible nerds. This word for time is the word kairos. If you've gone through the Next Steps experience, This is a Kairos. If you're sitting there like, what in the world is a Kairos? You should sign up for a Next Steps experience that's happening next month. (laughs) I am passionate about the Next Steps experience. And here's the thing. My hands are hardly on that thing. There's a whole team that has elevated that whole experience to the next level, and people are living into their God-given purpose. It is absolutely amazing. It has nothing to do with me. That is God working in and through that team. But there is a teaching that talks about that word kairos. I don't have time to unpack that. But if you've gone through the Next Steps experience, that's that opportune time, right, where God is breaking into our life. So he's saying, hey, pay careful attention to at how you walk and make the most of your kairos. Don't just let it go by like we have everything else. Make the most of your kairos, because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I mean, like you could do a whole teaching series just on this. Like there's so much. And and Paul just gives us his huge encouragement, this this major truth bomb. And then he throws in and. (laughs) And. So be encouraged, but, and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. Now, alcohol can be a really touchy subject in the church. And I'm trying to be very careful on how I talk about it right now. I want to be very clear. I'm not condoning you if you drink. Uh, there's, there's no scripture that, that says you can't have a glass of wine with your dinner or a, a beer with your meal sort of thing. But it's very clear. I'm talking about drunkenness. And I think uh, what has happened is we have to be aware of the way that we walk, the way that we do our life. Because drunkenness will grieve Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, friends. Even within a marriage, one spouse may not have a struggle with alcohol, but maybe the other spouse does struggle with alcohol. And everything that I read in Scripture is that marriage is one. You know, just like our hearts grieve for the church in Ukraine right now because we are one body, right? Right? It's that same concept. And maybe neither one of you in a marriage situation, maybe neither one of you struggle with alcohol. But maybe the people around you might struggle with alcohol. Why is it that we have to go on our social media and post it? Can we not have a social gathering without alcohol? Is it possible to do that? The answer is yes. Valentine's Day. It landed on the same night as my life group. And so us guys got together, but we brought our spouses in. And we made some awesome food. Big shout out to Dan Root. His wife's right up here. She was there. Like, he makes a killer beef loin. It was absolutely amazing. Melts in your mouth. Yeah, that, you were there. You would definitely amen that. It was awesome. We laughed and had a good old time that night, and we didn't have a single drink. It was awesome. It was amazing. But why do we have to post on social media? Because I don't ever see people having social gatherings and taking a selfie with their water. I'm just throwing that out there. Because people are aware of the way that we walk. We have influence. You have influence with your social media. There are young people around us who are observing things. They don't have the mental or brain capacity yet to be able to comprehend what is healthy and what's unhealthy. And so we have to be very careful with the influence that we have. So we grieve Holy Spirit with other enhancements. Let me unpack this thought. I want to share a story. And I want to be very careful on how I share this story because this person uh, who I had an interaction with might potentially be watching this or will watch it at some point. And uh, this is a young man who lives in my neighborhood who I've been trying to build a relationship with. And uh, Pastor Ryan, he's joked about this, and it's totally true, is when people find out that you work for the church, they completely change their demeanor. And so I've worked really hard to conceal that I work at the church. And so when I interact with, uh, with him, he's, he's younger, he's in his 20s, uh, and I'm just trying to be cool and hip, right? Just trying to... All right, so just by saying that, I wasn't cool or hip. <laughs> so I just you know I try to chum it up with him a little bit I try to be cool and I try to build relationship with him you know and as I try to listen to his story and try to get to know him and his background and um, since living in this neighborhood together uh, his mother has passed away and it's kind of ironic that the week that I'm doing a teaching talking about grieving Holy Spirit, this is the week that I grieved the loss of my mother. I was 24 years old. She was 53. You know, I'm in my 40s now. 53 isn't that old. And so the grief hit me on a whole new level this week. Uh, I've never experienced the grief that I have Um, that I did this week. I'm not sure what the Lord's going to teach me through that. But I have that experience. And because he shared his experience, I shared mine. I I said, hey, I I, I don't want to pretend that I understand your grief, but I've lost my mother as well, and I was in my 20s, and man, I didn't handle it really well. You know, I'd get drunk, I would do drugs, I would just constantly try to mask that pain. But then... You know, I had this crazy encounter with Jesus and it's changed my life and how God has just blessed my life. And it doesn't mean that I haven't had struggles, I have, but my life is so full now. And he's just really appreciative. He's like, wow, thanks, man. I think it's really cool that you can be happy and joy-filled and not have to use other enhancements for it. It's like, whoa. Wait, can you say that again? I was like I'm, I'm thinking in my mind like I'm going to use that in a teaching someday. <laughs> Today's that day, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. God used him in that conversation to give me perspective from his perspective, He needed enhancements in his life to have any kind of meaning, uh, to have any kind of joy. Or happiness. And I'm wondering, friends, do we seek out enhancements in our life instead of being filled with the Holy Spirit? I'm not saying that drinking is a bad thing. It can be for some people. But how we, uh, you know, what we do with our social media, the reason why he knew I was part of the church is because someone posted our baptism pictures uh, from this summer out at Cade Lake. And he just happens to live in my neighborhood, and we were out outdoors mowing our grass at the same time and struck up a conversation. So, what we post on social media matters because people see it. I wouldn't have had that conversation if he wouldn't have brought that up yet. But because one of the Radiant Lifers shared the experience out at Cade Lake about God doing a crazy thing in people's lives with the baptisms out there, he saw that I was in the pictures. And he connected the dots on that and it allowed a conversation. But the same testimony could be said about us and our social gatherings and having too much to drink. Maybe the person who's in your social media influence absolutely struggles with alcohol, but they know you go to that church and they see you having your social gathering with drinks, but they may not know you're not getting drunk. Could that be a stumbling block for that person? Do we have to post those pictures? I just throw that out there. Because life is more than eating and drinking and socializing. Paul wrote to the church in Rome. In Romans uh, 14, 17, he says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What does it look like to seek out a life that's filled with Holy Spirit instead of enhancements? You know, I I love this illustration that Pastor Ryan used of our relationship with God. We often put it in this box. But what if I was to plant this idea in your mind right now? What if you stopped drinking or using other enhancements for six months? Does that make you feel uncomfortable? Because I want you to have a spirit-filled life that is outside the box that you've put God in. And it's possible that these other enhancements in life are robbing you from the unlimited power of Holy Spirit in your life. And it's grieving Holy Spirit. Pastor Ryan's asked this question every week. I thought it was just as appropriate to continue it. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now in this moment? What are you you revealing to me in my heart and my mind? And maybe right now you you already know the answer to that. So instead of just trucking through life and just not doing anything of it, what does it look like to, to change the direction, to seize this opportune time, and to change something? To to think of God outside of this box that we've put him in. I'm wondering, when we grieve Holy Spirit, he's just sitting on the side, deeply desiring a relationship with you and with me. He, He wants to be with us, but we've put this barrier, we've quenched him, and we've grieved him, and we've put this barrier in between us and him. Now just to be clear, Holy Spirit, once you've asked Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, he's there. But are we we quenching that? Are, Are we grieving a deeper, more fulfilled relationship with Holy Spirit? And so if you'd stand with me as we close out our teaching here today, we're gonna sing the song, Life Defined. And before you sing this word, these words, Is your life truly defined by the movement of Holy Spirit, God, in your life? or Are there things that you're still trying to control in your life? And so I'm going to invite the prayer teams to come down on either side. And we opened up the altar last week. And like was already said with Nicole, like maybe you just need to come down and praise God. This isn't uh, if you come down, you're just some filthy sinner who needs to get right with God. That, that's not it. But if you do need to get right with God, please, please do so. Maybe changing your posture today. Maybe there's something symbolic about kneeling before the creator of the universe that will begin to realign or adjust something in your heart to be more in tune with God. And maybe that symbolism of coming down and kneeling. Maybe you're like, I'm tired of continuing to do it this way. I'm stuck in this rut. Maybe you need to have the prayer team lift you up in prayer. They would love to serve you in that capacity. So as we sing this song, Life Defined, check your heart. Be right before God. Be honest with him. Don't have self-deception in your life. Be honest with God. And is your life truly, fully defined by the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life and what God is asking you to do, are you gonna be obedient to that? Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for Paul's words. Thank you that we have an understanding that we can be in a relationship with Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, you do have the power to influence us. You, You have the power to speak to us. You have the power to guide and direct us. So Holy Spirit, is there something in our life that's not defined by you? Is there something in our life that we need to give over to you? And Holy Spirit, we can't do it on our own. I think for some of us, me included, we get stuck in this rut of just always doing it like this. So Holy Spirit, empower us to seize this opportune time to walk in your spirit to walk in the Father's will. So Holy Spirit, as we get into this song, would you speak to each one of us? Open up our minds, soften our hearts, and would you define our life? And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.